You are Locked On Hawkeyes, your daily podcast on the Iowa Hawkeyes. Part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. Welcome back, Hawkeye Nation, to a Monday morning episode of the Locked On Hawkeyes podcast, your daily podcast covering your Iowa Hawkeyes on the Locked On Sports Network. As always, I am your host, Andrew Wade, and today's episode is brought to you by Built Bar. Go to BuiltBar.com and use the promo code LOCKED15, and you'll get 15% off your next order. And there is so much to cover from the last couple days. I know I wasn't able to give you any content or really post a lot on Twitter this weekend. I do apologize for that. I was at a wedding and in Las Vegas, so um, made it a little bit difficult to provide you the coverage I wanted to, especially with the NFL draft and spring practice, and then we obviously got news and notes from around the Iowa Hawkeye athletic community, so wasn't able to do that, but we're going to be breaking all that stuff down today, tomorrow, Wednesday, and Thursday. We have a very packed slate of content coming up today. We're going to mostly focus on the NFL draft. We're going to quickly go through all the things that happened in the Iowa Hawkeye athletic community doing our, our Hawkeye roundup to start segment one, and then hopping into the NFL draft because that is my favorite topic to cover. So we're going to talk about all of that on today's show. We have a special guest joining us. I am recording with her this morning, actually, as you're listening to this. And she'll be joining us to give you a preview of the Iowa football team after spring practice has concluded. Um, we're going to be going through the roster, going through our projected depth charts, everything like that. Once that happens, you'll hear that tomorrow and most likely on Wednesday if we go a little bit over. And then we do have a special interview with a Iowa basketball player, current Iowa basketball player, Patrick McCaffrey, that should be dropping later this week as well. And, of course, with the news that Austin Ash has – Come back to Iowa, um, been put on scholarship. We're going to talk about what that means for the Iowa basketball team. Are they going to be getting anyone else in the transfer portal? My guess is no. But what does all that mean? When will we find out about Joe Wieskamp? We're going to be covering that later on this week as well. So lots of stuff happening. Let's get into the news notes, though. First and foremost, starting off with the field hockey team. Women's field hockey has advanced to the Final Four. They beat number 5 Northwestern 3-1. to one. Bit of a revenge game after losing their Northwestern twice this season. They now face number one UNC May 7th at 1 p.m. North Carolina has only lost once, and that was to Louisville. So it'll be this will be a tough test. But the fact that you're in the Final Four, um, I think, just again attests to how amazing our sports have been. Um, just even outside of the success of football and basketball on both the men and women's side, the field hockey team truly doing a phenomenal job this year. Also, in the sporting world, the tennis team, the women's tennis team, lost in the semifinal of the tournament to top-seeded Ohio State. Championship selections are taking place today, so we're going to find out pretty soon um, who and where our team seated at. Number 18, Alexa Noel, though, continued, continued her undefeated season um, at the number one spot. She defeated number 15, Arena Canto Seamers, 6-1, 6-2. She's now 23-0, so Iowa... As a team, doing pretty well this season. Individually, Alexa Noel is a person who has the opportunity, the potential to win an NCAA title for the women, which would be just truly amazing this season. On the men's side, they lost to Michigan State 2-4 in the Big Ten tournament. Uh, so their season is, is pretty much over as far as I can tell. On the track and field side, um, the, the 
Track and field men and women's teams competed at Billy Hayes Invitational, the basically the Indiana Invitational. Um, they had a pretty good day, setting six good two days actually, setting six all-time top ten finishes, and they set one school record. Unfortunately, the women's soccer team's incredible run has ended. It looked like for a second they were going to continue it. They scored an early goal against UCLA. Um, unfortunately, allowed two goals in the final five minutes to UCLA to lose two to one. But this team is very young. I believe they only have one senior starting, and they have an opportunity to be very successful for the next couple of years, um, especially after putting it all together in this run. I don't think that was that was happenstance. I don't think it was just luck. It was them gelling together as a team and being able to put together an incredible six, seven, eight games that Iowa fans were able to rejoice in and have fun watching. So um, what, a, what an amazing season for the women's soccer team. Excited to see what they can do next year. On the golf side, the men did a very good job this weekend. Almost won the Big Ten tournament, but or the Big Ten uh, you know golf tournament. But they did finish in second place. The NCAA tournament selection show is May fifth at one p.m. and regionals begin a few weeks after. This men's golf team, though, ranked thirty eighth. They had three golfers in the top ten, including Mac McClear, who won with a one under par score on the weekend. And again, Iowa was in first for most of the weekend. Unfortunately, unable to finish out that way, finishing in second. But um, they are going to get some play in that NCAA tournament. So really excited to watch that. And then finally, baseball and softball. The softball team won four straight games this weekend versus Rutgers to move to 20-16, and 16, and they get Nebraska next weekend. But the main storyline here is that Allison Ducci threw a no-hitter, the 18th in Iowa history. This women's softball team is coming on strong late in the season. On the baseball front, they had a tough weekend. Went 1-2 and two on the weekend against Indiana. Won the first match 6-5, to five, then lost 6-12 to 12 and 8-12. to 12. Um, Not exactly the best Weekend for them, especially considering Indiana is 128th in RPI. They have a triple header versus Penn State this next weekend, and that's going to be huge for them to try to continue to get back on the winning ways because, again, this is the team that, A, is very strong, and B, could compete for an NCAA title in the College Baseball World Series, but they do need to make sure they're they're putting themselves in a position to get that at-large bid, which so far they have been. Um, but games like that or weekends like that is not exactly – what you want to see um, for, for the Hawks at this point. I'm going to pull up the RPI now. Looks like it was updated since I last said that Iowa is currently at 40th. They were at 38th. So they dropped two spots, um, unfortunately, after the Indiana game. After the Indiana games, I should say. And Indiana moves up 14 spots to 113. So um, goes to show you that, I mean, not exactly the best weekend, but at least not hurt too bad, which is good to hear. Penn State right now, 159th in RPI. So they need to win those games simply because losing them is going to be very hard on Iowa from a rankings perspective in the RPI. But that does do it for our Hawkeye Roundup. Again, coming up on segment two and three, we're going to be breaking down the NFL draft. We had a lot of Hawkeyes find their future homes. We had a lot of guys go undrafted who also were able to sign and find their future homes. And one All-American still has yet to find a home. We're going to talk about all of that on segment two and segment three of the show. Before we do that, though, I want to tell you about betonline.ag because if you were like me this past week and I was placing a ton of bets on betonline.ag on the NFL draft, and that is the beauty of 
betonline.ag. They have literally everything you can imagine. Last week, they had the Kentucky Derby and the NFL Draft. They also have MLB, NBA, NHL, and all of your UFC and MMA action. Betonline.ag is the fastest and the easiest way to bet on all of your sports action. Right now, this, all the seasons are in full swing, and we got playoffs ramping up. It is the best time to get into the game right now. So before the next pitch, or the next you know, tip-off, head over to betonline.ag on your laptop or mobile device and check out all of the great sporting news, sign-up bonuses, and contest information. Don't sit on the sidelines anymore, as this is your chance to get into the game as teams prep for the runs to the playoffs. Again, head over to the website, sign up for a free account on betonline.ag, use the promo code LOCKEDON, L-O-C-K-E-D-O-N, and you'll get a 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Betonline.ag, your online sportsbook experts. All right, y'all, we are back for segment two of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I'm going to quickly give a rundown of what teams every player has ended up on from an NFL draft perspective, and then we'll kind of walk through the storylines and what the expectations are for those players. In the draft, Chauncey Golson, surprisingly the number one player taken from Iowa. Um, he went in the third round, pick 84 to the Dallas Cowboys. Amir Smith-Marset goes in the fifth round at 157 to the Vikings. Immediately following that, Davia Nixon gets picked up by the Panthers at 158. And we had Nick Neiman go into the top of the sixth at 185 to the Chargers. On the undrafted for agent front, Alaric Jackson signs a deal with the Los Angeles Rams. Brandon Smith goes to the Cowboys. Sean Byer heads the Broncos. Jack Heflin signs the Packers. Coy Cronk signs the Packers as well. Cole Banwer and Mekhi Sargent go to the Titans. Barrington Wade heads to the Ravens. Keith Duncan is currently unemployed right now. So we're going to talk about all that on the show today. We'll go to the draft first and then head over to the UDFAs. I'll be honest, Chauncey Golson going in the third was a bit surprising to me. I think Chauncey Golson has the opportunity to be a very solid backup or a very average defensive end. And and the reason why I say that is simply because he doesn't have the pass rush prowess that you would expect for a defensive end. He did, you know, have some hustle plays. He did fantastic against the run. He was great at working on blocks and and kind of clogging up lanes, but um, he never really got the passer a ton. When you look at what he did in his career at Iowa, this past season, he, his numbers definitely picked up, but that was a little bit with you know the emergence of Davian Nixon. When he had A.J. Epineza on the opposite side, I actually even said I thought Chauncey Golson could be an All-American, but still unable to put it together from a sack perspective. So in 2018, 3.5 sacks. In 2019 with A.J. Epineza on the other side, 3 sacks. At Iowa last year, five and a half sacks. So he does have the ability to get to the passer, but it's more of effort and bull rushing, not really a lot of bend, not a lot of flexibility. So at, you know that his pass rush upside is a bit limited. So the fact that he went in the third, I was a bit shocked, especially because he went to the Cowboys. Cowboys have a need on the interior, or so we thought. They already have Demarcus Lawrence and Randy Gregory on the outsides. Chauncey Golson expected to back them up, um, not – not sure you use a third round pick though on a guaranteed backup. In my opinion, that's just my thoughts, but uh, obviously teams have different different approaches. The one thing about Chauncey is you could slide him inside potentially as well. Um, see if you can get some production from the inside there. Again, eating up some blockers. Um, but third round of the Cowboys, awesome stuff to Chauncey. In the fifth round, Amir Smith-Marset goes to the Vikings. And the Vikings desperately needed a return man. They finished in the middle of the pack last year. 
But what does Amir Smith-Marset add from a wide receiver perspective? He does have the ability to go deep. He has the ability to stretch the field. Um, he does have the ability to get some stuff underneath. Um, not exactly the, the lateral quickness you would want, but from a speed perspective, he brings it to the table. What's interesting about Minnesota is their lack of production from wide receivers three and on. Last year, only 10% of the targets went to wide receiver three and on, with most of those going to Chad Beebe. In my personal opinion, this is a great opportunity for Amir Smith-Marset to have a solid start to his career. Obviously, the return game is going to be the big component of this, but if he can carve out a role as that fourth wide receiver, as that that deep guy, I think that's going to be huge to stretch the field for Adam Thielen and Justin Jefferson um, underneath. Kirk Cousins not exactly the guy who's going to air it out consistently, but Amir Smith-Marset is going to be a good player that I think he can stick with the Minnesota Vikings. Davian Nixon slipping to the 158 was a bit of a surprise. I saw a lot of people on Twitter saying, you know, why is he slipping? I saw some people referencing Desmond King and George Kittle. Um, these are not the same situations, to be fair. I mean, yes, they did all technically slip. I don't think George Kittle really slipped. I think that it was just a lack of production, um, injury concerns, among other things. But... Desmond King definitely slipped as a guy who was expected to be a first or second round pick and then drops all the way to the fifth. Davian Nixon was expected to be a first round pick at one point as well and dropped to the fifth. The big thing here that I want to focus on is the fact that he's going to a situation where I believe he could start instantly. Last year, they drafted Bravian Roy out of Baylor um, in the sixth. They also drafted Derek Brown in the first. Both those guys were full-time starters. Roy started nine games, had one sack and five hits, and there's really no depth behind him. So to me, I believe Davey Nixon is going to come into a situation where he could actually start instantly or at least be a significant piece or a, a you know, chess piece in that rotation on passing down. So that's going to be huge, Davey Nixon getting a very good spot. Why did he slip, though? Again, comparing it to Desmond King and George Kittle, not the same situation. First and foremost, I think it's important to note that whatever media is saying, I would include myself in that lightly, um, because you know I'm not, I'm not Chad Lystico, right? I'm not at every single practice for Iowa. I don't have all the beat inside stuff as as Chad does every single time, but. Media had a different perception of Davian Nixon than clearly what the NFL draft folks said. Clearly what most of the teams were feeling. If a team felt like Davian Nixon needed to, or was a good player, they would have drafted him earlier. If they felt like he was worth the risk, they would have drafted him earlier. I'm not saying he's not. I personally, Davian Nixon is fantastic. I think he's going to do well in the NFL, especially in pass rush situations. But clearly the NFL had a different opinion or were more worried about certain things, such as the supposed character concerns, the lack of production for more than one year, um, you know, the academic stuff, than we all had initially thought. Desmond King went late because he was slow. That's it. And Iowa's defense at that time was not very reminiscent of what you expect in the NFL. Iowa playing a lot of zone coverage, um, two deep safety type of stuff, stuff that Vic Vangio has really inspired a revolution across the NFL. But prior to that, it was, you know, Desmond King was too slow to play corner, too, didn't have that man coverage skills that you would look for, that kind of stuff. George Kittle again. I don't think he dropped. I think he went right about where you expect him to go. Um, he tested phenomenally, but really didn't have any production to back it up and was injured throughout his career at Iowa. So um, definitely a bit tough of a situation to really dive into too deep. Nick Neiman going in the sixth. If you would have asked me who was going to be the fourth player off the board for the Iowa Hawkeyes in this 2021 draft, I would never have said Nick Neiman going into the draft process. 
But again, tested very well. Um, shows some really good stuff on tape. He's going to be a good fit with the Los Angeles Chargers. Again, no guarantees to make the team as a six-round pick, but what they have, to me, bodes very well for him making the team. There's not a lot of depth. They drafted Kaiser White in the fourth in 2018. He's going to be a free agent after this year. Kenneth Murray was a first-rounder last year. Did pretty well. Behind them, they have Amik Igbula. I, Igbula? I can't say his name. Six-round pick in 2019. Only has 11 tackles to his name. So right now, Nick Neiman coming in, and he has a very clear path to the team. Uh, he just needs to perform just well because he will be that that second-string guy and I think probably the third linebacker um, total in that rotation above Amik, especially given the fact that he has some things you can really work with. And with Los Angeles having a defensive-minded coach, you can begin working on some of those fundamentals from a pass coverage perspective for Nick Neiman. So that, to me, uh, not a surprise selection. Honestly, it makes a ton of sense. Nick Neiman staying in the AFC West to compete against his brother, Ben Neiman, who is currently on the Chiefs. So congratulations to those four Iowa Hawkeyes getting drafted in this year's 2021 NFL Draft. But the main storylines really come from who didn't get drafted. Alaric Jackson, Brandon Smith, right? Guys who aren't even signed, Keith Duncan. Guys like Barrington Wade, who sparingly played, is now at the Ravens. So we're going to talk about all those guys and who has the best chance of making their teams coming up on segment number three of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. I think that's what you all want to know, right? These guys are here, but how long can they stay? Before we get into that, though, I want to tell you about Built Bar, the best-tasting protein bar on the market today. Built Bar is the protein bar that tastes just like a candy bar. All these bars are covered in 100% chocolate, and they are soft and easy to chew. Some of these bars are sweet, some of them are salty, some of them are fruity. Whatever you desire, you can get at BuiltBar.com. And one of my favorite things about these delicious Built Bars is how healthy they are for you. They are low sugar, high protein, high fiber, great for the keto diet for any man or woman. Let me just walk you through one of these flavor profiles and what it packs in the punch of that built bar cookies and cream 17 grams of protein 130 calories four grams of sugar four grams of net carbs why wouldn't you want to take a chance on something this delicious and this healthy for you go to builtbar.com right now and you actually can and use the promo code locked 15 l-o-c-k-e-d-1-5 and you'll get 15 percent off your next order use the promo code locked 15 for 15 percent off at builtbar.com All right, y'all, we are back for segment number three of the Lockdown Hawkeyes podcast. And as I teased before the break, we're going to talk about the UDFAs. Again, let's run through that list quick. Alaric Jackson to the Rams, Brandon Smith to the Cowboys, Sean Byer to the Broncos, Jack Heflin to the Packers, Coit Cron to the Packers, Cole Banwer to the Titans, Makai Sargent to the Titans, Barrington Wade to the Ravens, and Keith Duncan not currently on a roster. We'll get to Keith in a second. Um, great kid. We had him on the show a couple of weeks ago. Uh, I, I do think he will latch on somewhere, but we'll talk about that here in a second. We're going to go through each of these players. They'll kind of give a preview of what to expect. Do they have a chance of making the team, et cetera, um, and really kind of give you the breakdown there. Larry Jackson, a guy who a lot of Iowa fans are wondering, why. how did he slide from a potential first and second round pick? That is the NFL draft. It just it happens when you start getting more tape. Here's the thing. When you, when you start projecting players out, right, you're looking at game. There are times where you have game film, right? Trevor Lawrence, after the freshman after his freshman year, you saw how good he was, clearly had an opportunity to be a first-round pick. When you look at a position like tackle and you look at uh, a place like Iowa who develops tackle so well and has such a great history of creating 
NFL caliber offensive lineman, and you see a guy like Alaric Jackson who has the requisite size, theoretically, right? Six foot, six, six foot seven or whatever, 300 and something pounds. And he started at right tackle for Iowa for two years. Then you start getting some hype there. You start thinking, all right, Iowa has another guy. And with another year on the roster, he has a chance of being a first-round selection. You start projecting them out. So, Larry Jackson, you know, there was definitely things he needed to work on in those these final two years. And he was projected out as a potential first-round pick. He got injured that, that junior season, struggled a little bit, decided not to go out. He returns, and everyone's very happy. I was very happy. We needed a consistent presence at the tackle position. At the college level, it was fine. He was acceptable enough at the college position. And then, obviously, the fact that, you know, he is a good player. There's a reason why he did get signed as a UDFA, but maybe not the caliber we expected. Again, I'm not saying he's a bad player. I'm just trying to explain to you why he might have been projected somewhere and then didn't go there. So, again, he goes into his senior year. I think a lot of things kind of showed up on tape. It was the fact that Alaric Jackson does have the ability to be a solid run blocker, but struggles in pass protection against elite athletes and quick people. There are concerns about his ability to be a swing tackle because when you're a backup offensive lineman, you need to be able to play both sides. You need to be able to play and have that positional versatility so you're not wasting a roster spot with a guy who can only play left tackle, right? What if Andrew Whitworth goes down? Or what if Rob Havenstein goes down? Can 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 Larry Jackson slide over and play that right tackle position? That's what teams needed to project out. And when I talked to Nick Kendall about this, he even said the same thing. Just the fact that Larry Jackson has to be in the right system, the right structure, but you're also getting a lack of versatility with him, and that is a concern. So there's a reason why he probably fell. I wasn't expecting him to go undrafted, but he did. Now, he ended up in a good situation with the Los Angeles Rams. They have a line that doesn't have a ton of talent in there. They have Joseph Noteboom, who was drafted in the third of 2018. Bobby Evans drafted in the third of 2019. Andrew Whitworth, though, should be retiring soon. Can Larry Jackson slide inside? Can he show that positional versatility that he was unable to at the senior bowl? If so, I think Larry Jackson can get a spot with the Rams. I think he is actually going to make the roster um, this upcoming season with the Los Angeles Rams. If not, he will be signed back to the practice squad, and I think he will make a roster in one to two years. Um, I, I know I, I just talked about how we've seen him for four years, kind of the ceiling's a little bit locked in at this point, but he doesn't have a ton of experience football in general, um, not having played until late in his high school career. So I guess there's some hope from that angle. Moving on to Brandon Smith. This was interesting. Um, Dallas has a really good receiver group. They got a big four. Well, really, they have a big three, and then they have Cedric Wilson. But they have four guys who are basically locked in. I would equate this to the same thing that happened to Nick Easley. Nick Easley went to the Buffalo Bills. They had a it had four guys who were basically locked in. He needed to slide into that fifth spot, unable to do slow. Do so, in my opinion. Um, what makes this more tough is the Dallas Cowboys also drafted Simi Fuhuko from Stanford, a 6'4 guy who runs a 4'37 in the fifth. So to me, um, a couple of things this is going to come down to. Can Brandon Smith play special teams? Can he show those amazing highlights that he did a lot in Iowa practices and in games? Um, and can he show quicker? Can he show, can he be quicker in the game than he was in testing? Uh, that that 4'6'40, not exactly the number you want to see from a, from a wide receiver. 
So that's going to be huge to me. Um, I think this is a practice squad candidate um, with the opportunity to potentially make the roster in a couple of years. Sean Byer going to the Broncos. I think this is actually a phenomenal spot for him. Noah Fant and Albert I can't say Albert O from Missouri are the one and two guys. Albert drafted in the fourth last year. Noah, a first round pick a couple of years ago. Behind them, though, they don't really have much. They have Austin Fort. All right. He's just a guy who's on the roster. He's a roster head. Nick Vanett was released. Troy Fumagalli is no longer on the roster. This is the team that they talked about potentially adding a tight end in free agency. But I think Sean Byer could come in and be a very solid third tight end for them. Could even play a little H-back if they wanted him to. And having the opportunity to go to a an experience that is a little bit more familiar with him having Noah Fant in that locker room is going to be huge. I think Sean Byer actually is going to make this roster. That's my personal opinion. I think this is a really, really good landing spot for him at that number three tight end spot. Again, the reason why, I mean, he just didn't have a lot of production in college, wasn't able to stay healthy. But if he can stay healthy, this is a great pickup by Denver. The Green Bay Packers got in on the Iowa Hawkeye action, getting Jack Heflin and Coy Cronk. Coy uh, Cronk has a very uphill battle. They drafted three linemen this year, including Royce Newman in the fourth. They know they needed to retool. Is Coy Cronk going to be that guy? I don't know. I think you got to wonder if he's going to ever be able to really reach the form he had as a junior in Indiana. Can he, can he actually stay healthy? I don't know. So that's going to be the big thing. Um, I, I don't think he's going to make this team – I honestly don't even think he's going to make the practice squad, but you have to take a chance on him to see if he is fully healthy and ready to go. Jack Heflin, I thought, was a really interesting fit. I don't think Jack Heflin really fits that traditional uh, one-tech or nose-tackle nose spot that Green Bay has and runs. Um, that being said, at Iowa, one of his big jobs was just holding off blockers and allowing linebackers to get to that level. So that, that does – pose an opportunity for him. Um, I think Jack F1, though, is going to be uh, either a practice squad candidate or released at the end of the preseason and, and be off a roster, in my personal opinion. Cole Banwork going to the Titans. This is a great spot. Not a lot of depth. I think he's going to be able to make the roster um, or have a very Keegan Render, Ross Reynolds situation where he can kind of bounce around a little bit, practice squad, active roster, etc. Mikai Sargent, this is actually a really interesting landing spot for him. Behind Derek Derek Henry, the Titans don't have a lot. They drafted Darrington Evans out of Appalachian State last year with a third-round pick, but didn't do much, and they have a bunch of journeymen on this roster at running back. This could be a sneaky spot for him, a very sneaky spot. Um, for him to be able to maybe get on the roster if he has a fin- phenomenal preseason, he's going to need to show that he can play special teams as well. Makai Sargent, a guy you never want to count out. Now, that being said, running backs are a dime a dozen, and a running back who runs as slow as Makai Sargent did is not always highly sought after. But what he does from a pass-blocking perspective, from a um, pass-catching perspective, he could be an ideal backup third-down running back. So that's a guy to watch out for. Barrington Wade to the Ravens. Um, this is going to come down to special teams play and just uh, basically projecting him out, right? Barrington Wade, a former safety, a former running back, I believe, moved to safety, moved to linebacker. Um, didn't get a lot of playing time with Iowa. Next to to Nick Neiman, to, to Christian Welch this past year, Jack Campbell, Seth Benson, Nick Neiman. Um, just didn't get a ton of playing time. But Iowa linebackers, you have to trust. He tested pretty well. Can he make that jump? I think he could be a practice squad guy, but more than likely off the roster and he'll be done. Finally, Keith Duncan. Keith's going to be an interesting situation because we're seeing kickers get signed, especially with kickers after the draft. You want to bring in a camp leg so they're, you're not having your main guy always hit every single kick and kind of hurting his leg a little bit. So Keith Duncan I thought could be a camp spot, but 
we'll see. Um, clearly, the the leg strength is a concern. Uh, my guess is he's going to get a few tryouts, a few workouts, and get uh, a spot after that once they see how accurate he can be. But we'll keep you posted on all that once we find out that information. That does do it, though, for our 2021 draft review. As I said, we'll be joined by Celia Palermo on the show tomorrow, breaking down the spring football practice and what to expect from the Iowa football team going into next season. As always, Hawkeye Nation, I appreciate you tuning in. I appreciate the love and support. We'll be back the entire week, Monday through Friday. Got a show dropping today, obviously, this one on Monday, and we have shows the next four days as well, so make sure to tune into that. And follow us on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram, and wherever you downloaded this podcast at, make sure to follow us there as well so you get every episode downloaded directly to your smart device when you wake up in the morning. Thank you again for tuning in. Have a fantastic Monday, and let's go Hawks.